Ladies and gentlemen, it is Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. We have just concluded week three. It is Sunday night here on September 15th at approximately uh, about 9.15 in the evening. So we're recording this a little earlier than usual due to some circumstances, although we are without one of our colleagues, uh, Phil, the Michigan Wolverine fan. Um, I'm not sure where he's at. Do you know where he's at, Pat? Uh, he just sent a uh, text to us about uh, doing some uh, doing some work, and yeah, it, it looked like he was busy at home. He was well, working on uh, some things uh, teaching-wise. So anyway, <laughs> let's continue. Uh, irrelevant. There will be two of us today. He did send us uh, who he likes and, and doesn't like for week four of this college football season. Uh, week three is in the books. Um but you know what? The uh, two of the college football degenerates here on Cover 3U is here to cover uh, week four games and play some friendly wagers, as always, over a nice cold brewski. As we're sitting here watching the Falcons game, currently tied 3-3. Uh, both of our fantasy teams are doing pretty good today, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm in so many leagues that it's hard to really tell. Sure. You know, it's a little bit frustrating. But Yeah, I'm more of a... One or two league guy, just so I can keep track of everything. I, just, I just have issues with betting. <laughs> That's why we do this podcast. <laughs> well, before we get into week four of the college football season, Pat, let's uh, do a little recap of week three. Uh, before we get started, yeah. I, I want to just say something uh, regarding Notre Dame football on NBC. The Skycam view that they use gives me motion sickness. And it's not because <laughs> I drink too much, but it's god-awful. Well, I'm sure that doesn't help, the drinking, but... Anyways, I just broke my pen thinking about it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's continue. All right, sorry about yeah, that. that. Go ahead and recap. No, that's something you could could have included in your recap for week three. By the way, you didn't have to interrupt me. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, I, I just wanted to go. You man. really wanted to get that off your chest. It, that must have been really bothering. I you. even I even tweeted about it. <laughs> You're not much of a. I don't. Tweeter I don't. I don't do any social media platforms, but it pissed me off so well, much. I tweeted about it. Speaking of Twitter, Cover Three U does now have a Twitter page. It is uh, uh, at uh, Cover, the number three, capital letter U, and the number one, Cover Three U One. Uh, so if you want to start tweeting to us, we just launched it. I'm, I'm sure it won't grow or go anywhere, <laughs> but it's there. Uh, anyways, let's, let's recap co- uh, week three of college football. Um, it was kind of a strange week. Um, any games you want to talk about particularly to get started? Um, just before we do that, I guess I should go over how we did betting-wise against one another. Yeah, just go ahead and talk about the bets, and then, and then we'll dive into some yeah. games that stood out to us. Um, so last week, Phil went 3-6. and six. That is his worst week yet. Maybe that's why he's not here uh, on the Cover 3U podcast. Licking his wounds. Licking his wounds. Uh, he went 0-2 against me, 3-4 and four against you. Uh, so 3-6 and six for the week. Um, that puts him at 17 and 17 for the whole season. So that's far. pretty good though. That is pretty good myself. I finally got over 500. I got over the 500 hump. I went five, three and one, making me the winner of week three, my first, uh, positive winning week of the season. Uh, that puts me at 14, 18 and two. So even though I had a, a good week last week, I'm, I'm still struggling the most overall, uh, still early, though, buddy. Still early. Still early. I'm just glad I had a, a, a good week for once. Uh, I, I played some good wagers. And then you went 7-6-1. and one. That's not bad. Uh, just a little lower win percentage than myself, which 
actually puts you at 24, 20, and 2 for the whole season. So I mean, you might just want to listen to what I have to say. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean. Which I, I, I don't like to do, but <laughs> here we are. I guess I have to. NBC needs to listen to me about that Skycam because it's fucking awful. But. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was the winner of the week. You had a decent week, over 500, and then, and then Phil kind of flopped. But uh, what, what games stood out to you? Any games you put wagers on last week that – caught your eye or there were, uh, you there want to were talk few, about there were a few where i just had a snide grin on my face watching these particular games and it was the arizona state michigan state game where i was given a bunch of grief uh about taking arizona state not only did they cover but they won outright and i was also given a bunch of grief about uh pit uh taking pit against penn state i think uh that line was at 16 and a half or 17 yeah. and a half, something like that. Yeah. And uh, they lost by seven. And Pitt um, even missed a field goal inside like the 15. Yeah. And, and, and they almost punched it in to take the lead late in the third quarter, I thought. So, yeah. Um, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, so Pitt, uh, that game was a great game. I was actually but, getting back to my tailgate. After the Virginia Tech Furman game, I don't want to talk too much about that game. But uh, <laughs> I, I launched uh, I launched the uh, the old tailgate television at my tailgate spot there, and I streamed on our tailgate spot the the last quarter of the Penn State Pitt game. It was a great game. Penn State edged it out seventeen to ten. But yeah, you're right. I, I thought Penn State after those first two weeks of the season they were going to blow past Pitt, and Pitt kind of made a statement. I thought it was kind of a rough weekend for the ACC overall. Well, I I think you had Kansas who absolutely kicked the shit out of Boston College. Yeah. You had the Citadel go into Georgia Tech and beat them. Yeah. You know, not to dog on the Hokies, but that was much closer than what people thought. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know where the ACC is well, and where I, they're going. I think the ACC rose from last season has carried over to 2019. I think it's fair to say that it's Clemson and everybody else in the ACC. So far, there hasn't been too many teams showing much improvement in that conference other than maybe Virginia. Yeah. And I mean, I, I even think they still have question marks. More teams have digressed, in my opinion. Yeah, Syracuse has digressed. They were supposed to be the only, uh, the only uh, player in the game to really give Clemson a fight. Um, and they lost to Clemson this week. I think Clemson covered that spread. Oh, um, yeah, big time. So in the dome. Uh, but, yeah, so. They covered that by, like, eight. Eight or ten points, something like that. So, you know, that's a big thing to look at so far as the ACC woes have continued into 2019. Uh, I'll chat a little bit about the Virginia Tech game. I, they had two turnovers. They're dead last in the country in turnover margin at negative six going into week three. And then I think they were even in week two. They went two and two on turnovers, lost two and, and gained two in the second half. But that's why they were down at halftime is they had two turnovers on their own side of the field. We still have a lot of injuries on the line and at receiver. Hazleton has yet to step foot on the football field this year, which is their leading receiver going into the season. Um, and then, you know, our center, you know, center's a key position to the line. That, that certainly has not helped. But I don't want to talk too much about the Hokies. I did see some big improvements on the defense. Uh, Chamari Carner, for, for one, is just a, a beast um, there in the secondary at that whip spot. But... Anyways, uh, another game that stood out to me, uh, if you want to talk about games last week, um, of course, Clemson, once again, putting up 41 against Syracuse, beating the Syracuse 41-6. I think it's fair to say that Syracuse is not relevant. 
Uh, another game that stood out. How about Temple and Maryland? Tem- Temple and Maryland. That's the game I wanted to talk about. Temple was uh, – that was one of our locks of the week last week. Um, Temple was somehow favored, and we were all kind of shocked by that. Um, and they ended up winning 20-17. to 17. I'll just say this. Those, those buildings out in Vegas get built for a reason. Yeah. And it's lines like that are although, buildings. Although Maryland still technically covered. Because Temple was favored by seven, or was Maryland favored by seven? I thought that Maryland was, was favored by seven. Um, so technically, that um, yeah. So we were one and out of all of our locks of the week, we were one and two. Yeah, because we the the other lock was the Ohio State game, and, and Ohio fuck, State did cover. Yeah, they fucking throttled Indiana. Yeah, and uh, Ohio State was favored. Ohio State by really good. sixteen, and they ended up winning that game. 51 to 10. Justin Fields again uh, is doing it all. He only had 199 yards passing, uh, but his quarterback rating right now is 92.9. And he's running the ball well, too. So uh, he's a stud. Yeah. Yeah. He's a a good transfer for Ohio State. Another game that stood out to me is West Virginia, NC State. Uh, I think that was another thing that kind of set me back on the ACC, you know, for the week is. I mean, West Virginia throttled NC State. Yeah, West Virginia barely beat JMU in week one by seven. Uh, they went into Missouri uh, and lost 38-7 to in week two. So here comes West Virginia kind of limping into this NC State game in Raleigh. And NC State was another ACC team that was supposed to be on the rise. Or Brian was supposed well, to be Well, that game guy. was in Morgantown. That game was Oh, excuse in, me, it was in Morgantown. And then, right. uh, but just watch out for West Virginia here a couple years down the road. I think Neil Brown's going to do a good job there. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the coach from Troy, I think he will turn it around. But we didn't think not this it, quick. it wouldn't be this quick. And, and yeah. maybe it's not. Maybe it's just to show you that NC State isn't where we thought they were. And that I was thought NC line. State was actually going to have a good year. But, I mean, <laughs> you, get, you get freaking throttled like that on the road. I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so, um, you know, just a lot of weird, strange games going on. And, and any players that stood out to you that you want to talk about uh, out of uh, week three here of the college football season? Uh, no players in particular. I mean, I, 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 when we think about these games, I'm thinking more in terms of how can I cover. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, no players in particular, but uh, – I'm ready to start talking about some week three games or week four games. And then the last game I'll talk about in the ACC before we head into week four is UVA uh, pulls out a a nail biter. What a great game back and forth. Uh, Florida State, it's like Cam Akers versus everybody when Florida State steps on the field. He's a stud though, man. Yeah, Cam Akers is the man. He's he's talent. He can catch the ball in the backfield, run it out the middle, run it out to the side. He had a great game. UVA's offensive line looked terrible in that game. They got it together. Perkins finally got it together. They ended up winning the game 31-24. to Perkins still ended up with 295 yards passing. And it kind of makes you wonder, me being the Hokie and maybe even everybody else in the ACC or in the college football land, is UVA for real? I mean, um, it is Florida State. They struggled against UN, UL Monroe the week before. It's They haven't been they doing it. They should have lost that game to UL Monroe. Yeah, they lost to Boise. They looked terrible the, last year. didn't make it to a bowl game. It's like – well, how good was this Florida State team they really beat? I mean, it's a talented team, but... Yeah, they got some, they got some studs, but I don't know. It, the ACC is so hard to predict. Yeah. Um, because you really 
don't know what you're going to get on a weekly basis, which kind of makes it entertaining at the same time. Right, right. So with all that being said, um, let's head into week four. I don't, we're not going to talk too much about last week. Uh, week four of the college football season is here. Uh, let's start off with um, Phil's not here. He did send us some games he liked, so we'll kind of chime in on those notes he sent us. Uh, but, Pat, the first game we'll start off with is Houston at Tulane. Uh, Tulane is actually favored by three and a half. Now, Houston is one and two. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma to start the season. Um, then they lost to um, Washington State, correct? Mm-hmm. Last week. They only lost by a touchdown. Yeah, got a good cover in that one against right. you guys. Uh, that quarterback for Was- uh, for Houston, King, um, he looked impressive in that Washington State game. I did watch it a little Where's bit. Where's this game at? Is it at Tulane? It is at Tulane. Uh, do you have any um, – Phil and I both like Houston. So do I. Okay. I, th- I think, in fact – you know, I don't want to put we're, – we're one and two as a group with locks, but if all three of us like it, I think you and I both agree we both really like Houston on this. I think this will be our cover three U lock, one of our cover three Tulane's U. no joke, though. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily go with a lock on that You wouldn't? One. No. I, I would. You want to? You want to put it down as a lock? I'll James put it down as a lock. You can, you can say, you know, I was right or wrong next week, but I think Houston's going to cover. King had a great game against Washington State. Uh last week and i think houston's just they've 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 played against a couple of really tough teams to start the season so um that's a, that's a uh, early pick for a lot my friend it I is like it. it is like you know it. uh king went 13 to 24 against washington state 120 yards and a touchdown but he also ran for 94 yards and two touchdowns off of 17 carries so he's you know, he's one of those mobile quarterbacks, and I just think Houston's kind of had a tough luck on scheduling here with Oklahoma. And that's two top 20 teams they faced in the first three weeks. So um, maybe we'll find out how Houston, how good Houston is here after they play some teams that's more on their level. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next game. No action. Uh, I like it as a lock. Uh, you're not quite there. I'm not as a there. Lock. I got you written down as a lock, though. But no action amongst us on that game. The next game we have is Utah. The Utes. Go to the Trojans, who just took a really, really bad loss to um, BYU, correct? Yes. Um, that's a really, really bad beat for USC, especially after coming off that big win against Stanford. Come to find now, Stanford may not be that good, as they are struggling as well. So, you know, week three kind of told me, hey, maybe not all these teams we thought were good are as good as we think. Uh, but anyways, USC comes off that loss to BYU. They lost it overtime. Uh, Utah, meanwhile, we this is a really tricky line. Three yeah, and a half. Yeah, I mean, it is a tricky line. Meanwhile, I I've been saying Utah is for real all season. I really like Utah to cover the three and a half. Um, if anybody wants action, what did Phil say? Phil wants months? Utah. Yeah, Phil I'm, wants Utah. I think I'm going to pass on this game. I think Utah easily covers. Actually, I, I agree. I, yeah. I, you know, Utah beat BYU to start the season thirty to twelve. Meanwhile, USC tr- struggled with them, um, losing to BYU in overtime. But Utah did beat them in Week One, thirty to twelve at BYU. Uh, since then, though, Utah really hasn't played anybody. Uh, they beat Northern Illinois thirty-five to seventeen. Then they just beat who is that? Idaho State thirty-one to nothing last yeah. week. 
Um, Good old Idaho State. They got a program. The Bengals. They have, they have uniforms and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. Mm-hmm. They they don't have points though. They did not beat Utah. They they put up a big goose, goose egg. But Utah looks good in my opinion. That defense looks good. I, I, they're one of my probably my favorite to win the Pac-12. But I think they're covered. No action. So no action early here. We'll move on to the next game. Air Force goes to Boise State. Uh, Boise State is seven and a half point favorites. Uh, that quarterback for Boise State, what's his name, Pat? Oh, the, the young true freshman. freshman. I don't know his name. He's good, though. Yeah, he, he looked really good. He has a little bit of moxie on him. Um, who do you like in this game? I, I like Air Force to cover. You like Air Force to cover? Yeah. What is that? Do you know what Air Force has even done this season? Yeah, they uh, they do some good stuff out there. I mean, they're protecting the, the good old stars and stripes. And... <laughs> <laughs> They're two and zero. They are two and zero. They beat last. Oh, they beat Colorado State, right? No, they beat Colorado. Who? Oh yeah, that's right. Who I thought? Yeah, give me Air Force to cover this. Yeah, who I thought was you know another Pac-12 team that could be for real, but they're not. Again, week three, we kind of uncovered some hidden skeletons in the closet. Almost, I feel. I feel like with. uh, some pretenders, and I think Colorado is maybe one of them after they just lost to Air Force 30-23, to so Air Force may be legit. This could be a really good game. I'm going to go – I'm going to – Phil doesn't say anything, so Jameson, a lot of a lot of action is going to end up being between you and I this week. I don't I don't like this game. I, I'm not leaning towards one way or the other. Um, I, I, I'm I just like, going to tell everybody, if you're going to bet on this game, bet on bet on the Falcons from Air Force to take care of business. Yeah, um – I don't know. I, I you're kind of leaning me to, to take Boise here. You do you think Air Force were not lose by more than seven here? Seven and a half. Give me Boise State. Okay, we got put paper. it on paper. We got paper. All right. That quarterback for Boise, Hank, is it Backmeyer or Bachmeyer? Bachmeyer. Bachmeyer. Yeah, that's the young kid, true freshman. Um, for the 2019 season. This kid from Boise, 68 of 110 on passes, complete percentage of 61.8, 927 yards. Um, that's 8.4 yards a pass. Going out to the blue turf is tough. You know? So we'll, we'll see. Um, they took it to Portland State, 45 to 10. They took it. They only beat Marshall, 14 to 7. But I like. I really like Bachmeyer and Boise. I think Boise's going to beat the Falcons by more than seven and a half. Put it on paper. All right, paper. Uh, next game, we have Tennessee finally gets a W in convincing fashion against. Um, they they, they still at? suck, though. <laughs> you you took Tennessee not to cover just because they looked so awful last week, and they did. I, I did think they would cover that 28 points last week, and they did. So maybe they've turned it around. I it was that they, players only meeting I was telling you about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they they all stood around in a circle jerk and told each other that they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Uh, oh, geez. It's the first uh, CJ reference of the season of Cover 3U. Uh, Sorry, I, I teed off at 930 this morning Eastern, and I, I've had a few beers today. Uh, I know, look, look, here's my thing about Tennessee. They won 45 to nothing against Chattanooga after having an abysmal start to the season. Florida is at without the quarterback. I actually saw him dislocate his ankle uh, during that Kentucky game last week which ended up being a great game. 
Uh, Florida ended up pulling it out. So they remain unbeaten at 3-0. and They're a top-10 team, although we said at the beginning of the season they're probably a little overrated, and they just lost their starting quarterback. I am really tempted to take Tennessee to cover 14. Um, it's... Let me see what Phil had to say here. What, is, what does Phil have to say? Again, Florida's without the quarterback. He, he likes Tennessee. He likes Tennessee to get Florida. I don't like Florida. You said you liked Florida. No. Okay. I hate Tennessee. <laughs> but you, As a team. Right, but you, you – okay, you hate Tennessee. You don't think they're good, but you I'm don't not, like I, Florida to cover the 14 – to, to, to I don't beat know by more than 14? I just don't know enough about this new quarterback for Florida to be able to commit to something like that. Right, and I, to me that's enough with as bad as Florida's kind of – been in in the trenches there and and how sloppy they looked and now they're without their quarterback i think tennessee is going to cover the 14 points even though they've looked abysmal this year even though it's been a train wreck if you want to take florida you're still not going to take florida are you i no. really want you to yeah, you you really want me to take florida but i'm All not right. going to again no action but game to look out for let's I think see it's gonna be a good game let's see how florida responds without their quarterback um you know he's he went out, I guess, what was it, late in the third quarter, Franks? Um, yeah, he's done for the year. Sucks for him. That yeah, sucks. Fella, you know, fella if he Franks, he, if you didn't see the play, he got bent up backwards really bad against Kentucky, ended up dislocating an ankle, got carted off the field, so he's done. It's a noon game, probably the game to watch to start your college football day. Um, two top 15 teams going at it. Uh, Let's see what the old Jonathan Taylor continues to run his way to the Heisman race against the Wolverines. Um, moving on to the next game, we have Michigan State. Man, they've been putting me on a roller coaster. I was low on them in week one against Tulsa when they had no offense. Then they had a great offense against Western Kentucky to go with that superior defense of theirs. And then they came out in week three. And they were Michigan State. And they just flopped against Arizona State. Um Sun Devils, though, I mean. They only put up seven points. I think that offense is as bad as I originally thought. Yeah, they after, suck. After the Tulsa game. They suck. I think the only reason they rushed for 7.2 yards a carry or whatever it was against Western Michigan was because it was Western Michigan. So who's Michigan State got this week again? Uh, they're playing Northwestern. So What's the line on that? And yeah, I didn't get that far into the game, but yeah, they're at Northwestern, and Michigan State is favored by seven and a half. Give me Northwestern. That oh man, that Michigan State's offense is bad. It's bad. Uh, again, they 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 turned it around against Western Michigan, but I think that was strictly because of Western Michigan against Tulsa. Here's a little fact for you: Michigan State's offense against Tulsa did not have one player rush over. Two point, I think seven yards a carry, and then um, against Arizona State as a team, they barely rushed over three yards a carry at three point two, and that's just not going to cut it in college football. Um, that defense of Michigan State's really good, though. I'm I'm taking the Wildcats. If you want it, Michigan State's the type of team that can win it by scoring two touchdowns on defense, but right. their offense is just terrible. I I like. I think I like Northwestern to cover the seven and a half as well, or to stay within seven and a half. Phil doesn't have anything on that one. So we're going to stay away from it. What's Northwestern done this year? Anything big? Eh, I don't think so. 
don't think they haven't had any true tests. They beat Stanford, right? Yeah, but again, Stanford is Stanford relevant this year? No. I mean, Stanford's looked terrible. Yeah. So this is what Northwestern has done so far. They actually lost to Stanford 17 to t- 17 yeah. to 7. So, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think I think Michigan State and then Stanford got pounded by USC. Give me Michigan State. Do you want Northwestern? Yeah, I'll take Northwestern. Give me Michigan State. Now that I'm looking at their their statistics here through two games, they've only played two games. Um, I just don't think they have the offensive weapons to even get any points on the board against that Michigan State defense. Um, there looks like they've been playing two quarterbacks. Uh, their starter is nowhere near completing over 45% of his passes. Hunter Johnson, his complete percentage is 42.9. If you think that's going to improve against Michigan State's defense, you got another thing coming. I like Sparty to uh, win by more than a touchdown. So give me the Sparty. What is it, seven or seven and a half? Seven and a half. It actually went up a point. It was six and a half. So we'll see what happens. I like Sparty. We got paper. Moving Moving on to the next game is Auburn, who's been really impressive at Texas A&M. Texas A&M rebounded after that Clemson loss. Uh, however, they rebounded against an irrelevant team. I don't remember who they were played. It was nobody good. They won handedly, though. Who's that? Texas A&M. Oh, they played Lamar. Lamar, that's right. They won 62-3 to against Lamar after losing that Clemson game uh, by only a couple of touchdowns, right, against Clemson. So mm-hmm. uh, they look to get their first big win of the season against Auburn, what a brutal schedule for Texas A&M. And for Auburn, both. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so it is at Texas A&M, though. It is at the 12th man. Mm-hmm. Who do you like here, Pat? I am thinking I like Texas A&M. Okay. I like, uh, I like Auburn. I do. Uh, Texas A&M's running back, Isaiah Spiller, he has – 28 carries for 246 yards, averaging 8.8 yards a carry. That's silly numbers. However, two of those teams were Texas State and Lamar. Um, Against the Clemson game specifically, um, he only had – I don't think he had anywhere near that many So you're getting four points on this one, buddy. Yeah, I like Auburn a lot. I think Auburn – That's a good line. I I actually would – you're probably going to end up winning that bet. But I'm going to go with Texas A&M because we need some paper. All right. Well, give me the Tigers. Yeah. Um, I really like uh, what Auburn has done this year. Uh, they come after covering against Kent State uh, last week. And Bo Nix, you know, doing his thing. Um, he's at 400, 545 yards passing for the season. Um, and then uh, Whitlow at running back, he's averaging 5.3 yards a carry for Auburn. I, they – and – Auburn's coming out with an intent to just destroy people. Uh, Old Malzahn there at Auburn did not. He went for it on fourth down. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? No. They were up at like 40 (laughs) against Kent State and he went for it. So, yeah. yeah. It was kind of a weird move. It was like five seconds left, I feel like. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and, and talk about the rest of these games. All right. So, here on Cover 3U, we'll hit the rest of the college football season here in week four. Uh, right after this short break. 
Let's move on to Phil's Michigan Wolverines. We can say whatever we want, Pat, because Phil's not here, so we can say how much they suck or whatever. Um, Give they, me Wisconsin. <laughs> Pat's, <laughs> Pat's taking Wisconsin as he grabs a cold one out of the fridge. Um, you know, Michigan's coming off that bye after a big scare against Army. But, you know, Army's known to give teams a scare. Um, so how would they rebound from this going on the road to a very, very strong and powerful Wisconsin team? Jonathan Taylor is a very probably the best running back in college football this year for Wisconsin. Um, I think Wisconsin covers easily as well. And Phil has uh, Michigan, I do believe. But I will confirm before I write down double paper. That is just his. That's a homer pick. That is just his. What is the? What is that's the just his blue that? Michigan blue blood running in his veins, making that choice. He's choosing with his heart, not his head. I think Wisconsin easily covers the team. I, I concur. So he's going to double up on that, huh? Yeah, that's a double paper for Phil. We're without Phil, so let's continue on without him. Central Florida at Pitt. Pitt looking a lot better against Penn State after losing just by a touchdown. Really had an opportunity to win that game. Uh, but the Knights go to Pitt, and the Knights are favored by 10.5. Who do you like in that game? Uh, Phil, I will speak for Phil first, and he likes UCF. Um, interesting. It's very interesting. I'm almost leaning towards Pitt to cover that ten and a half. Yeah, me too. Um, Kenny Pickett looked a lot better against Penn State. After having a very slow start to the season, he comes out against Penn State and threw for 372 yards on 51 attempts, 35 completions. Um, so maybe, you know, like I said, Pitt doesn't have the running dominance, running game dominance like they did last season that got them into I, that going, ACC I'm, game. I'm going with Pitt all day. On this I, I, like, I like Pitt too. I, even though they don't have that running dominance, I think Kenny Pickett's starting to figure out a little bit. And then, you know, they, you know, I think they're a defensive team, and I like defenses, so give me Pitt. All right, so we got double paper. Double paper. All right. So Phil is doubling up on Central Florida to cover the ten and a half. Yeah, Phil. Phil's bet on two games. He's got Michigan plus three against Wisconsin, and then UCF minus ten and a half. We both took the action on the other side in both of those games. All right, moving on to Washington, the Huskies. They go to BYU, who is putting on a show this season. Um, don't mess with those Mormons out don't there. Don't mess now. with them. They, they lost that first game against Utah, but, you know, they go in and they beat Tennessee, and then they turn around and beat um, USC USC the week after that. So, uh, But they are underdogs in this game. Uh, Washington's favored by six and a half. Who do you like? Where's this game at again? It's at BYU. So Washington's only favored by six and a half. Give me the Huskies. I like the Huskies, too. Um, Let me see what Phil's got going on here. Yeah, does, does Phil have any no, uh, no, have no interest in the game whatsoever? Um, I watched Washington play uh, last week, and that quarterback was slinging it around. He made two throws deep down the middle for like 40, 50-plus yards. I feel like that was right on the money. Um, I really like what Washington's doing in their passing game. Um, Eason is his name. Jacob Eason. Uh, yeah. You know where he was at before, right? Yeah, he was at um, Georgia. Georgia. So he he's doing some work over there at Washington now. He he was putting balls on the money. I I watched some highlights in a little bit of the game. 
I didn't um, see any of that one to be quite honest with you. But yeah, he he's right under seventy percent completed completion and and completion percentage and seven hundred and seventy three yards, seven I take touchdowns. The Huskies all day in this one. Yeah, seven touchdowns, one one pick. So Jacob Eason and the Huskies, I like them too. But West Virginia goes to Kansas. Uh, West Virginia barely beats GMU by seven in week one. They turn around and absolutely get spanked by Missouri in week two. And then they just took it to NC State. So it's like, it's one of them things is, is West Very Virginia. Yeah, is West Virginia improving or is NC State just not that good? Um, Kansas, maybe it's just the ACC's not that good. Because like you said earlier, Kansas took, took Boston College to the woodshed too last week. I mean, just kicked shit out of them. Yeah, it was, it was embarrassing for Boston College. Um, but West Virginia's favored by four and a half. Um, I'm going to take Kansas. One. Freaking despise Morgantown. Where's this game at again? Uh, it's at Kansas. It's at Kansas. Right. Two, I like Les and what he's doing over there at Kansas as head coach. Uh, that offense he was running was pretty impressive against BC. And uh, three, I just don't think NC State was that good or was ready for West Virginia. And I think West Virginia is still in a rebuilding year. I mean, I guess so is – Kansas, these are two new coaches, right, going yeah. against each other, and Les Mills and a uh, former coach from Troy. Um, what's his name for West Virginia? I, I said it earlier in the yeah. podcast. That'll suffice. <laughs> but, you know, two new coaches, uh, you know, two programs that are rebuilding. I just like Kansas. I think they look better. Neil Brown. Neil Sorry. Brown, thank you. Took yes. a minute. Do you, want, do you want the Mountaineers? Uh, no. Uh, Phil's also high on Kansas on this one as well. Um, so if anybody wants action, it would be you taking West Virginia. Do you want them? No. All right. We'll move on. But it should be a good game to watch. Two programs that are rebuilding. I'm not a big fan of all these lines this week. I don't know why. Uh, Oregon goes to Stanford. Uh, the Ducks are favored by nine. Stanford is struggling right now. Um, it looks like another repeat of what they did last year of just kind of on the decline. Oregon um, has that really high. Give me Oregon. I, I like Oregon too. Phil doesn't have anything in this one. So we're not even. Should we even talk about this game? No. Not a lot of action going on. No, I think we, we just both, need to. We both like the Ducks. I think the Ducks are going to cover easily there. Like I said, Stanford's on the decline. Moving on to the next game, Old Dominion goes to UVA. A little bit of a game, you know, local game for us. Yeah. Game in our home state. I've seen Old Dominion play in person against Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech was slow to get started offensively like they have been all year. Old Dominion, though, did some really good. Is this unique... game at UVA? It's at UVA. Old Dominion Are they going to rush the field if they win again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so UVA rushes the field after beating a non-ranked Florida State team who barely beat UL Monroe the week before and who did not even go to a bowl game the year before. So, yeah. So, it's like, what? Anyways, like UVA, I know you're doing better. I know Broncos doing big things for you guys, but come on. No one to rush the field. Give me a break. Yeah. I may talk about that for two minutes on my two-minute drill because that was ridiculous. Um, did that steal your thunder a little bit on that? No, right no. Okay, I, that's good. No. And it, some, it needed, we needed to talk about it at some point in this podcast. That was ridiculous. But uh, great win for UVA. Don't get me wrong. I think Florida State has What's a lot of What's the line time. on this? Um, the, the line is 30 and a half. Give me the Monarchs. I like, I like Old Dominion to cover or to, to stay within 30. I do. I, and it's not just because I think, 
you know, Virginia Tech only beating about two touchdowns. I, that doesn't mean anything. I think Virginia Tech is struggling right now. They're young. But I think Old Dominion, from what I saw in their offense in person, is they had a lot of unique things. And they got this running back who I wanted Virginia Tech to recruit. He's a local guy in Virginia, Lala Davis. Oh, Lala. Oh, Lala. He has some What is speed. Lala short for? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> weird name, but you know what? He has some speed. Um I like Lala Davis to have some rushing against UVA. UVA's offensive line looked a little, you know, skeptical at best. I think they'll keep it within 30. UVA still wins easily. Does Phil have any action? Nothing on this. All right, so no action on this game. For the record, I have not bet against UVA every week. I did have them covering William and Mary, and they didn't. They took a knee. It's like they know what I'm doing. Uh <laughs> Just Oklahoma they just haunt your ass. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Oklahoma State at Texas. Um, Texas regrouping after that LSU loss in week two. I still think they're a New Year Six Bowl team this year. They're really good. They're I think. really, really good. Um, What's they, the line on this? They are favored by seven against Oklahoma State, who likes to air it out. What did Oklahoma State do last week? Do you have that readily available? I don't know if they um, – I listened to some of that game on the radio when I was driving around doing shit. Um, I I do like how well Texas is running and throwing the ball. Uh, running back, uh, Ingram, he's on my fantasy team. Um, he's running the ball. Their passing and run ratio is just so good at Texas right now. Oklahoma State played – Tulsa last week and they won 40 to 21. So, shoot, they were able to put up points against Tulsa. That's, that line's only seven? It's only seven. Oklahoma State's only beaten Oregon State 52 to 36. Um, and then they went on the road to McNeese. You know what I think in this Or no, game? McNeese came to Oklahoma State and they won that game 56 to 14 and then they beat Tulsa last week. So they're 3 and 0. They like to air the ball around. Who do you like in this game? If there, if this line was set at 10, I would take Oklahoma State, and I wouldn't even think twice about it. I think Texas is going to have a little bit of a hangover after that game, but they did have a week off. So I'm going to pass. I – man, this is a good game. I'm going to watch this game. What time's the kick? Uh, not entirely sure, but Oklahoma State's running back Chuba Hubbard. What an awesome name! Seven thirty kick on ABC. Yeah, that's... I'm not gonna watch a second of it. You'll be watching an Notre Dame game. Yeah, I'll do the old split screen. I got a few TVs set up to watch, but Chuba Hubbard is uh, rushing for 521 yards for Oklahoma State for 7.9 yards a carry, and Spencer Sanders has thrown for 622 yards for Oklahoma State. So. While Oklahoma State is known to air the ball out, especially when Mason Rudolph was there for the Cowboys, uh, it looks like they have the run-to-pass ratio down just as well as the Texas Longhorns does. Um, that's it, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. There's going to be a lot of action. I, what's the over-under on this game? Do you have that in front I of you? I don't have that in front of me. I'll be interested to see that because I think a lot of points are going to be scored. If you want to see some touchdowns scored, I think you should watch this Oklahoma State-Texas game. 
because Oklahoma State has always been known to throw the ball around in the air. Now they have a running back in Chubba Hubbard who is rushing for 7.9 yards a carry. Texas, on the other hand, has a running back in Ingram who's rushing all over the place and a Heisman candidate at quarterback uh, who's throwing the ball around really well in um, Ingler or Gosh, how do you pronounce his name? Ellinger? Ellinger. Ellinger? I always want to say Ellinger. Um, but he, he's almost at 1,000 yards passing this year already. So ball's going to be all over the place. Look for a lot of touchdowns to be scored. Do you have the over-under in front of you yet? No, I'm writing down what Phil's got here. Dude, who does he have? Does he? He doesn't have shit in this game. Anyway, I, for you college football fans, I know Notre Dame Georgia is going to be on during that time. But if you can find another TV nearby, put on this Texas – Oklahoma State game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. We don't have action, but it should be fun to watch. We'll move on to Colorado versus Arizona State. Um, Arizona State with uh, another big W. Uh, They are favored by 7.5. Colorado slipped last week after looking good. Uh, You know, I was high on Colorado, and that changed quickly. Um, (laughs) Who do you have I still think they're a good team. They are a good team. What's the the line again? Arizona State's favored by 7.5. At Arizona State? Mm-hmm. Give me the Buffaloes to cover. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to touch it. What did Phil say? Any action for him? Crickets. Crickets. He, he only texts a few that he really liked. Again, if you were here, he would probably jump in on some games, but he's not. So we're going to go ahead and pass this game as well. No action from anybody from Cover 3U for the Colorado-Arizona State game. Take Colorado in the points. All day. That's my lock of the week. Really? Yeah. I tell you what, this is an important game. If Colorado is as good as we originally thought, they must rebound in this game and make a statement um, in the Pac-12. So how many uh, points is that, seven and a half? Seven and a half. Moving on, Pat. I'll let you take the microphone for this one. The Fighting Irish. We have a Notre Dame expert and Pat. Going to, I'm not an expert. <laughs> going, none of us are experts. Going to Athens. The spread of this game was originally 10.5 earlier this evening in Georgia's favor. In an hour and 10 minutes, it jumped another three points. So it's now at 13.5 Bulldogs favored over the Fighting Irish. What are your key factors in this game? Probably the game of the week of college football on CBS. The, the key thing in this game will be a couple of things from – a Notre Dame perspective, and that's this. One, stopping the run. If they can't stop the run, this game's over. Swift is going to have to be contained. Yep. You're absolutely right. And the the young linebackers from Notre Dame are going to have to play the game of their lives. You know, a lot of them, this is only their third game. Um, so, anyway, and they're just rotating linebackers in and out constantly. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do uh, defensively. Um, you know, the Georgia passing attack does not scare me as a Notre Dame fan, but... Fromm does not give you any concern. I am very confident in what Notre Dame has in on the back end. Okay. I think they're pretty good at uh, corner and safety. Um, you know, they're going on the road to Athens. You know, Ian Book, I mean, yeah, they put up 66 against uh, New Mexico last week, and Ian Book played, I don't know, just over two quarters, and... He looked uh, pretty pedestrian in the first quarter, to be quite honest with you, and then was able to complete some deep balls. So, anyway, this is a big number. Give me the Irish to cover the 13-and-a-half. Really? Same with Phil. He likes the Irish? To cover 13-and-a-half. 
I don't think they're going to win. I do not think Notre Dame's going to win this game, but I think they're going to cover this. If number. it was at 10.5, I would have jumped on Georgia. Um, but again, it's gone up three points since this po- before since the podcast started. Jake Fromm is completing 75% of his passes. They've with, played dog shit thus far. I, as far as opponents? Yeah. You're right. Arkansas State, Murray State, Vanderbilt. And then, of course, you're right. I, I think the big key of the game is containing Swift in the running game. Um, They're going to get after Fromm a little bit. I, 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 this is the only thing I'll take away from Notre Dame. I, I, New Mexico doesn't really tell me anything. Mm-hmm. They did what they were supposed to do to be a playoff team again this year. They did what they needed to do against New Mexico. Um, but that game, Louisville got- game, they, you know, Louisville came out moving the ball pretty Easily, and then they got behind by a couple of touchdowns, and they had a, were forced to kind of get out of well, the, I mean, their the game de- plan. The defense had to adjust in that game. The Notre Dame defense had to adjust in that game. They didn't know what a Scott Satterfield offense was going to do with Louisville. That makes sense. Sure. You know what I mean? So they, they had a couple of things working against them there. It was an opening night game, you know, at Louisville, on the road, against a Power 5 team. They did what they had to do. They won by 18. Um... They took care of business mainly in the second half once they got their feet under them a little bit, and then boom, they were fine. Um, you know, I don't really know a whole lot about the Notre Dame team and the Georgia team at this point. I don't know. What do you think, James? Are you going you gonna to go out on a limb here and try and uh, – So, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to take Georgia. Okay. Hawk – Hawkins, the running back for Louisville in that first game against Notre Dame, he rushed for 122 yards, and that just tells me, okay, what is Swift going to do for Georgia if he was able to put 122? And I know Louisville's offensive line isn't as good as Georgia's. Georgia has the best offensive now, line. Now, in Notre Dame's defense, Hawkins has been doing it all season since then, but you know he's pretty much just running over 100 yards every game since, uh, just under 100 against Western Kentucky. I just – I just don't like if it was in South Bend. Again, if it, man, I'm still on the fence. If it was at 10 and a half, I would take 100% Georgia. I think it's going to be a great game. I think Georgia's going to pull away and win by two touchdowns. So give me, give me the Bulldogs. Okay. Give me the Bulldogs. That's good. We bet. got paper. Double paper. Yeah, I'm doubling up on that. I think Georgia wins by two touchdowns. I think that running game is going to be killer for Notre Dame. You won't have to worry about that against. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech, though, I'll tell you that much, because right. their running game's non-existent. But later in the season. We'll take another short break before we wrap up, and then I'll have my two-minute drill after that, after we finish the games, for being the big winner last week here on Cover 3 You. But we could pass and just move on. We we'll could... pass and move on. I think it's going to be a good game. I do, too. I think it's going to be really, really close. close. Cam, Cam Akers for Florida State's running all over the place. Without an offensive line, imagine if he had an offensive line. He would just be dominant in college football. Moving on. Uh, App State on at UNC. UNC finally loses after winning big against South Carolina and Miami. They lose to Wake, who I predicted. Wake has a lot of weapons on offense. Um, I'm I want to go as far as saying maybe Wake is another team that could make some noise in the Atlantic Division. They won't. They're not going to touch Clemson. They're not going to touch Clemson, but you know what I mean. They may be. It's not saying much, but they may be one of the top <laughs> ACC teams in the league this year in Wake Forest. But anyways. This isn't a way game. It's UNC, App State, North Carolina coming off a loss. They're favored by four and a half. What do you think? I think North Carolina rebounds easily and covers that. 
against Disagree. App Washington. Disagree. Give me App State. Give me. All right, we got paper. I think I think Mac Brown, regardless of that weight game, is doing some good things over there, and I'm and that's me saying Mac Brown was a bad hire. I don't think he'll last more than four seasons, just because I don't think he has any, you know, gas left in the tank to coach that long. You just don't walk into Boone and get a victory, or they're not walking into Boone, but you don't play the boys from Boone and get a victory easily. I I, I think. Uh, Put it this way. There's no such thing as an easy win in college football anymore, unless you're just a unless you're Alabama playing. Yeah, you know, and and I'm going to talk about that in my two minute drill actually okay. a little bit. But anyways, moving on. LSU Vanderbilt, LSU's favorite twenty three and a half. Vanderbilt has had some experience playing some SEC powerhouses. They've already played Georgia. However, they did not cover that spread. Do you think they cover this one? Twenty three and a half. Is it at LSU? It is. I'm not sure. Let me, uh, I can pull that up. You go ahead and keep talking for a second. Well, the one thing I'll say about this game is LSU is up there with Alabama and Georgia. They really are this year in the SEC. I think you're right. And it's, it's going to come down to those three. You got three teams in the mix there in that conference. Really the only three, I think, that have a chance to win that conference or make noise in the Maybe college Auburn. football. College Auburn. football. And Auburn. Auburn, I'm sorry, and Auburn for sure. So you got four teams that could – make noise in the college football playoff. As much as you hate the SEC, those four teams are really good. I like LSU to cover this, um, regardless of where it's at. So It's at Vanderbilt, which means it might as well just be at LSU because no one's going to show up who's actually pulling for Vanderbilt. I agree with you. I think LSU's going to murder them. Yeah. Oh, Bo doing big things at quarterback for LSU. Bo Nix. Bo Nix making some noise, throwing it all over the place. Six to two odds to win the Heisman now. It's unreal. Um, Six to two odds? Yeah, that's it jumped up, right? Is that what we talked about last week? That was uh, Joe Burrow we were talking about. Oh, you're right. You were talking about Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. No, you're good. South Carolina at Missouri. Um, Missouri is favored by nine and a half. Man, Tevin Feaster hasn't done anything for South Carolina like I thought he would. He loves South Carolina, and he also loved Kentucky in the last game. I'm not going to give him action in that Kentucky game. But what about South Carolina here? He likes South Carolina. Give me Missouri. Okay, I'll give I'll give on this one. I'll give Phil some action. I think Missouri, um, while they lost to Wyoming 37 to 31 to start the season, they took it to West Virginia 38 to seven, and then they won big 50 to nothing against Southeast Missouri State. The Red Hawks, somebody, a team that a lot of you probably don't know about. But they still won 50 to nothing. Um, I think they're starting to come around. What's the line on this one? The, the line is nine and a half Missouri. And, um, you know, Kelly Bryant, you know, he's not having the year we thought he would over there quite as much. He, I mean, he's been decent. But he's, he's been, been decent. Complete, complete percentage for the year is 75. Mm-hmm. Their so, defense is very suspect. He's just—they're not—he's not throwing it a lot. Um, but I, I think they cover. Last game, uh, we'll talk about, and then we'll go into my two-minute drill. Is Charlotte at Clemson? I said Clemson would be over favored in about every game, just because it's hard to cover that many points in college football. Their favorite forty-one and a half. I think they cover this time. I think so too. This is a dog shit game. I don't even know why they're playing it. I don't even know why we're talking about it. Tigers are going undefeated. Play somebody, Clemson. I would put a bet on right now 
Clemson versus the field on getting the one seed in the college football playoff. Um, so that brings us to the end here, which uh, brings me to my two-minute drill, which I'll talk about here quickly after this quick segment break. Okay, we're back here at Cover 3U. Man, oh man. <laughs> Sorry we had to take a, uh unexpected uh, segment break there due to Pat having to go take a dump. So And Jameson heard that thing. I think it actually, <laughs> that, that possibly would be on like the Richter scale for, uh, you know. Uh, it happens. Yeah. I mean, it was intense. I only hear a cover through you, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on. <laughs> We got Cal at Ole Miss, and that line has dropped to just a half a point, so it's basically a pick 'em. Do you like Cal or Ole Miss? Cal. I like Cal too. So no action. No action. No action. Uh, it's at Ole Miss. Um, interesting little Pac-12 SEC matchup there. Ole Miss sucks. Yeah, I think they do too. Our Bowling Green game of the week here. <laughs> we have to talk about them every week. Just of as course. Much just because we despise their coaching staff because Pat being a Notre Dame fan, me being a Hokie fan, we have previous coaches coaching at Bowling Green. I cannot wait to talk about the Bowling Green-Notre Dame game coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, Scott Leffler, former offensive coordinator who was known to go to overtime nothing to nothing against Wake as their head coach at Bowling Green. We talk about it every week. They're no good. I'll take whoever's playing Bowling Green to cover. Kent Kent (laughs) State uh, did play Auburn. They got smacked down. I like their – I like Kent State. I like Kent State, and I like their coaching a little bit. They they coached the game well for about a quarter, but there's only so much you can do against Auburn. I like Kent State as well. Bowling Green is just not going to be any good, um, period, this year. Moving on to Louisville at Florida State. There was no spread when we started this podcast. Still not. Still no spread. Who do you like in this game, though? And maybe we can make a spread on the fly. Florida State is so – it's a good game. It's Florida State is so talented. Their offensive line is so bad. If I were to take Louisville, how many points would you give me? Okay, we're back at cover three. You at this point, uh, I would give you my two-minute drill. I was your big winner last week for the first time this year on the cover three U podcast on wagers. So what I'm going to talk about my two-minute drill is, is it's kind of a two-part two-minute drill. The first thing I want to talk about is college football as a whole. There is no easy win in college football anymore. I think the days of FCS teams or mid-major teams rolling into big-name programs and losing by 60 are, are, are gone, or at least they're few and far in between. They're still going to happen, but we're starting to see FCS teams come into big-name programs and come close to beating teams. Virginia Tech was one last week, but that's not Virginia Tech's not the only example, example of this. And look what the Citadel did to Georgia Tech. Um, look what Appalachian State did to Michigan a few years ago. Um, you know, it, it's becoming more common to for upsets to happen in college football. So anytime you can get a W, college football fans need to be grateful and not nitpick a win or a loss. Anytime you can walk away with a W, it's a good thing in college football these days. The other thing I want to talk about is for those programs, <clears throat> Virginia Tech specifically, if your team is struggling – as a fan, it is your job to be a part of the solution, not the problem. And what I mean by that is when you are booing your own team in your home stadium due to lack of performance, or if you leave at halftime when you're in a dogfight, regardless of who you're playing, you are not helping the program. You're not helping your team. What I ask for college football fans is to do your part, to be loud, be proud. That's what I like about college football as opposed to the pros. These guys aren't getting paid. 
They're out there playing for the love of the game. They're out there to get their name out there. So go out there and support them. Um, the negativity, I saw Ryan Willis actually get hurt, and I heard fans cheering. I heard a lot of booing. I saw, you know, fans leaving. At the end of the day, these are kids playing a game they love, trying to make it to the big leagues. This isn't pros where there's millions of dollars being given to these players, and maybe they should get some of that money. That's another discussion. But in short, if you're a fan, let the season play out, and then you can do your criticism. You can criticize throughout the season. All I ask is do not be a part of the problem and be negative during the game or boo your own team. With that being said, college football is a great sport. I love the pageantry behind it and be proud of who you support. Pat, do you have anything to say on top of that? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. I've never been a big fan of the whole booing thing. I I think it's crap, Um, especially when players – you know, go down with injuries and, and people are either mock cheering or booing or whatever it may be. I mean, I think it's garbage. You know, I think, um, personally speaking, you know, it. whenever you see fans leaving at halftime during a game, it's it's like, what are you doing? I mean, you paid the Just don't go at all. Yeah. Just I mean, don't go at all if you're going to leave halfway through the game, especially it, when it's just, close. Yeah, I mean... Just and this isn't just Virginia Tech. No, I, I see, it's, it's I see across, it. It's across the board. And I, I think see it's across a, the country. I, I really do think it's a systemic issue. At the end of the day, it's a college game. And uh, go in there, be loud, be proud. You have your right to have your opinion, but also do not boo players or cheer players who get hurt. Just go out there and do your part. And um, if you're not happy with the product, don't go. Yeah, Stop. Simple. Stop spending money and don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, don't continue to bitch about it and then continue to go and continue to boo and continue to leave early. Just don't go. But uh, with that being said, I hope the Hoagies turn it around and uh, they're young. They only have four seniors. I think they will. This will conclude uh, the Cover 3U podcast. At the end of the day, we'll, I'll still be a Hokie. You'll still be an Irish regardless of what happens, and that's what makes the uh, true fans really special. Hopefully they can, Hopefully, Notre Dame can compete at Georgia. It's yeah. Gonna be a, it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a great game. I think uh, I'm very happy Virginia Tech does not have a game this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could use it. I think the fans could to it, use it too. Just relax a little bit and uh, enjoy your weekend of college football. We'll see you next week on Cover 3U.